uh, the weekend uh, football here, um, as I usually do on Friday, and there's no major, major news at this point. Obviously, things can happen on Friday afternoon, but um, but I'm ready to roll here. Uh, all right, here we go. Well, let me get some water. All right, here we go. Three, two. Welcome in to Outkick the Show. I'm your fearless leader, Clay Travis. I hope all of you are having fantastic Fridays, wherever you may be across this great country or around the world. I'm here to make you all rich. Uh, we got a lot of different gambling picks to get into, uh, including the Outkick six-pack, which I'm expanding. I got a couple of other picks that I like as well, so you're actually getting an Outkick eight-pack, a bonus two. Uh, I'll run over the college football weekend games that are coming and the gambling bets that I have on those. We will also, uh, again, run through all those NFL picks. And let's start with the NFL picks right off the top because uh, usually I give these out on Thursday. But on Thursday, we were still reacting to the Wednesday night Republican primary debate, which there were a lot of takeaways from. Uh, so I want to make sure that I get you all those NFL picks right off the top. Last night, we split uh, the Detroit Lions with a monster win uh, to get to 3-1 and one over the Green Bay Packers. Let's be honest. Right now, the Detroit Lions look like the favorite to win the NFC North and to potentially host a home playoff game. The Lions. The Lions who have won one playoff game since the 1950s look like they may be the best team in the NFC North. Now, Packers, fortunate to win last week against uh, the Saints. They take it on the chin at home in a game that was never remotely close. Jared Goff looked fantastic. Defense played well. The Lions looked look like a real threat. Uh, the Vikings, who we're going to talk about in a minute, are sitting at 0-3. Uh, they have to get a win against the Panthers this weekend. Uh, the Bears have not won since October. Uh, of last year, which is pretty crazy to think about from a uh, from a Bears perspective. Uh, and like I said, the, the Lions just beat the Packers head-to-head. I think you have to make the Lions, Dan Campbell's team, the prohibitive favorite right now in the NFC North through the course of a quarter of the season, basically, for now the Lions as they get a long break to get ready for Week 5. So props to the Lions and long-suffering Detroit football fans. Uh Dolphins, Bills, best game of the weekend. This is by far the best game of the weekend. Dolphins at Bills. I'm going to take the over here. I, I, I get it. It's probably the public play. I'm sure all of you are jumping on and saying, well, the Dolphins just scored 70 points last week. They're definitely going to keep that offensive momentum going. Meanwhile, the Bills the past couple of weeks have been scoring. Josh Allen has been playing fantastically well. I get it. I get all those reasons why maybe I'm on the wrong side here, but I just love the over. Over 53 and a half, Dolphins at the Bills. Uh, I think the points are going to rain down here. I think it is the best game that is going on this weekend by a substantial margin. We used to do uh, draft games on the NFL, and we would say, okay, if you could only watch one game, what would you watch? By the way, the Bills, a two and a half point favorite. I also, let me go ahead and tell you this. I like the Bills minus two and a half, too. I think this is a Bills signature win. I think it erases all the negativity 
that came out of that opening week loss against the Jets, all the criticism that rained down on Josh Allen. I like the Bills, and I like the over in what I believe is the best game of the weekend in the NFL, if you could only pick one. Uh, Unfortunately, I'll be at another game we're talking about later, so I won't even be able to watch this one live. Uh, Steelers at the Texans. I'm going to go the under 41 and a half. C.J. Stroud has been playing better. He's the only one of the top five draft picks that has stayed healthy. Texans got a big win on the road against the Jags last weekend. I like their momentum here. They're going up against the Steelers team that offensively has not been able to create much. Defense has been the difference maker for the Steelers. And I think you have to be a little bit nervous about that if you're a Texans backer, uh, given the fact that C.J. Stroud is still such a young quarterback. It's very likely, at least to me, that the Steelers can confuse him. I think the net result here is the under 41.5 is the play. Low-scoring, ugly game, uh, defensive-dominated game. Uh, I like the under 41.5 in uh, this one. How about the Vikings? Minus four at the Panthers. Sooner or later, sooner or later, we are going to get a Vikings win and a Vikings cover. Last week, the Vikings not covering cost us a good winnable week uh, because they had two late drives that were stopped basically in goal-to-go situations against the Chargers. The Panthers are awful. Uh, Bryce Young has not been healthy. That was my big concern about him in the NFL was he was not very healthy in college football. If he could stay healthy, I feel like he can be an electric performer. That has not yet been the case. He's already dealing with injuries even in his rookie year. I like the Vikings minus four here. I think they go on the road and completely blow out the Panthers. I don't think this game is going to be close. Broncos at the Bears. The Bears have not lost a game since uh, won a game since October. They have lost every single game. Think about how crazy this is. Broncos at the Bears. The Bears have lost every single game, 13 straight since October of last year. Somebody tweeted this, and I couldn't believe it. The Bears have not won a game since Elon Musk bought Twitter. Think about how crazy that is. All the things that have happened on Twitter. I know it's X now. Since Elon Musk officially made that purchase, I am going to go, though, with the Bears plus three and a half. They're coming off the embarrassing performance against the uh, Chiefs. Everything seems to be falling apart. The Broncos also coming off an incredibly embarrassing performance. They gave up over 700 yards, uh, 70 points on the road against uh, the Dolphins. Here's the deal, though. I think the Bears find a way to cover in what is really the loser bowl between the Broncos and the Bears. Uh, And this might be one of the last stands for Russell Wilson and for Justin Fields, whoever loses this game is going to be under pressure, the likes of which we have not seen in a very, very long time. Uh, Bengals, minus two and a half at the Titans. This is the game I will be attending. I still have not recovered from the brutal game that the Bengals won against my Titans uh, in the playoffs, divisional round. Joe Burrow gets sacked nine times. Ryan Tannehill throws three interceptions. The Titans completely choke away what should have been a home playoff win to be able to host the AFC Championship game. Uh, The Bengals go on to the Super Bowl after this win before they lose uh, in L.A. to the Rams. Look, I've got the the Bengals. The Titans are not good. They can't score. They can't block anybody. They can't run the football. 
I understand it's probably going to be a circle the wagons game for the Titans after the worst offensive performance in 49 years last weekend against the Browns where the Titans truly could not do anything. I think the problem is the offensive line is still unable to block anybody. Bengals have some hardworking defensive linemen who I think are going to make plays. I think this will be low scoring. Uh, But if I have to choose between Joe Burrow and Ryan Tannehill, who's going to make a play late, of course I'm going to go with Joe Burrow, even though he hasn't played very well. I don't think the Titans will do a good job with Jamar Chase. Uh, I'm going to go with the Bengals to cover the minus 2.5. I'm going to have to watch it in person. Uh, But the Bengals cover the minus 2.5 at my Titans. Patriots-Cowboys. Cowboys last weekend, this is one of the games that we really got right. I took uh, the Cardinals plus 12 and a half, big underdog for the Cardinals, and they went out and, and whipped the Cowboys uh, in uh, Phoenix area. Um, and I think the Cowboys are going to bounce back in a big way, cover the six and a half against the Patriots. Patriots are not good. Uh, they were fortunate to win against the Jets. They have no offense. Mac Jones is not the answer. I think the Patriots are going to be maybe the worst team uh, uh, other than the Jets, obviously, uh, who, uh, who lost Aaron Rodgers. But I think the Patriots are going to be, I don't know, 6-11, and 7-10 and 10 style team. And that may, be, uh, that may be giving them too much credit. As Bill Belichick continues to waste away all of the uh, greatest coach of all time legitimacy, he should have retired when Brady left or maybe the year after Brady left and we'd still be arguing over why the Patriot dynasty had collapsed, as is uh, Bill Belichick, average coach in the NFL, let's be honest, without Tom Brady, Cowboys, much better team, back home, bounce back from this disastrous performance on the road against the Cardinals, get the win, cover the six and a half. Cardinals, uh, look, the 49ers, best team in the NFC so far. Many of these 49er games have not even been remotely close. Uh, I understand why people are nervous. I understand why everybody's jumping on the 49ers bandwagon because, again, if I had to pick a team that is the most likely to go to the Super Bowl this year, Uh, Right now, through three weeks, I don't think there's any doubt you would pick the 49ers. Having said that, I like the way the Cardinals are playing. Uh, They won last week. They should have won two weeks ago uh, against the Giants. They're going on the road as a full two-touchdown underdog. Too many points. Josh Dobbs is playing well. I've got the Cardinals plus 14 at the 49ers. Chiefs on the road against the Jets. Sometimes the Chiefs don't show up early for games like these. That would not stun me. The Jets have a decent defense. But I am taking the Chiefs minus nine and a half to roll all over the Jets. There you have it. I think that's nine picks this weekend in the NFL. Uh, The outkick six-pack plus an extra three, an extra half dozen. Uh, So we are going with nine different picks These will be up on OutKick.com a little bit later today. Uh, Those are my nine NFL picks uh, to get you all ready for what is going to be coming on Sunday. Uh, All right, Uh, college football. You guys know that I will be spending all day watching college football on Saturday, and actually the games start today. Uh, Our first gambling pick, let me go ahead and pull this up. Our first gambling pick is actually a Friday night game, um, which is going to sneak up on people. I always say this in the column. I always say, look, the, the gambling picks, you got to be ready for Friday night games, for Thursday night games, even Tuesday night games. You never know with college football. Uh, Utah and Oregon State are playing tonight. <clears throat> I've got the under. Uh, again, this is a Friday night football game. 
I want to start off the weekend in style with a nice win. Utah at Oregon State, the under 45 and a half. This is uh, this bet is all about Kyle Whittingham and the defense that he brings to bear with this Utah team so far. Cam Rising, obviously, needs to get healthy, get back out on the field to make this offense truly go to the next level. But in the meantime, uh, I think you have to say that the under is the play, 45 and a half, Friday night. Let's get it started with a win. By the way, 15 winners for college football. All of these are up online. If you just want to go to Google and you type in Clay Travis gambling picks, outkick, you know, simple search, boom, it'll pull, pull up as the first link. I'll also be tweeting it out. Uh, Penn State, minus 25 and a half at Northwestern. I think Penn State is going to completely blow out Northwestern. I see this as a 38-7 final. This Penn State defense is for real. Defense travels. Probably will be as many or more Penn State fans at Northwestern as there are Northwestern fans. Uh, a lot of people not happy still at Northwestern over what happened to Pat Fitzgerald. I understand that. Congrats to Northwestern on bouncing back, getting a good win. Uh, but I think this game is going to be a blowout. Penn State not challenged at all. Gets to 5-0. Kansas plus the points at Texas. Next week, who's Texas playing? Oklahoma. Been some big games for the Longhorns so far this year. I feel like Kansas, who is also 4-0, coming off of a nice win over BYU, goes on the road, covers the big number. I got him at 17. Hey, Clay Travis right here. Outkick the show is dominating. We're continuing to roll. More coming back in a moment. But first, this. Tap the veins, boys and girls. Florida at Kentucky. Tap the veins. Uh, get ready. Blood bank guarantee. Kentucky is going to win this one outright. Now, this number has actually changed. I was just looking it up this morning. I got Kentucky at minus two and a half. That's okay because Kentucky's going to win by 10. The number is down to one and a half. I saw Brett McMurphy tweeted out. This is the first time that Kentucky has been favored over Florida since 1988. That's pretty wild to think about. First time Kentucky has been favored over Florida since 1988. Uh, I'm going with the Wildcats. They're going to win this game 27-17 outright. It'll be the third straight win uh, for Kentucky. Game in Lexington. Noon Eastern kickoff. It's going to be wild. Buckle up and get ready for the Wildcats to be 5-0. Texas A&M at Arkansas. Big news that's come out since I made this bet. Connor Weigman, the starting quarterback uh, for Texas A&M, out for the rest of the season, according to Jimbo Fisher. Uh, that means you go back to uh, Johnson, the backup quarterback, who has played a lot, member from LSU. He's been all over the SEC. He's played a lot of starts. This is not a situation where the backup is incredibly unprepared. I still like Arkansas. In fact, I like Arkansas even more. I got them at plus six and a half. A&M has won 10 of the last 11. If you remember last year, Arkansas missed a chip shot field goal that would have won this game. Uh, this uh, Jerry World that is inside of the uh, Dallas Cowboys Stadium matchup between these two schools has been a cavalcade of sorrows for Arkansas Razorback fans. I think this is a three-point game one way or the other, and Arkansas covers this number plus six and a half against A&M as A&M, by the way, gets ready for next week uh, when they will be hosting the Alabama Crimson Tide. Clemson at Syracuse. I got Syracuse plus a full touchdown. Syracuse 4-0. They've played Clemson well. Tigers are coming off of a really difficult home loss against Florida State. I think that will carry over. 
uh, into this game. Syracuse has traditionally played uh, Clemson pretty difficult. Remember, Syracuse went on the road and won at Clemson in 2018. Dino Baber's squad continues to have decent growth. I think there's a good chance that Syracuse, still not ranked in the top 25 despite being 4-0, could get this win outright. We don't know how Dabo's team is going to respond to being in a situation where they're not really even playing for an ACC championship to say nothing of a national championship thanks to two early losses. I think that Syracuse jumps on them. I like them plus the points. USC at Colorado. This is the big noon kickoff game. If you haven't already, you should be checking out big noon kickoff and enjoying what should be uh, a a, a somewhat star-studded, entertaining broadcast. Uh, I like Colorado to bounce back from the 42-6 deficit beatdown that they took on the road against Oregon. I like them to cover. Uh, I got them plus 21.5 against USC. And you might be thinking, okay, Clay, why? Why is that your bet? Well, the reality is this USC defense has looked very bad. I was up late last night, as I often am, uh, watching the Saturday night uh, Pac-12 after dark game between USC and Arizona State. USC's defense couldn't stop Arizona State. I think the final score of that game was 42-28, to if I'm not mistaken. Um, but Arizona State was having one big play after another. I think Colorado will uh, lick the wounds, come back, perform much better. I like them to cover uh, the 21 and a half uh, and to lose by something around 14, but I like the 21 and a half. Indiana, Maryland. Look, Maryland is sitting at 4-0, and they've been comfortably winning just about every game down the stretch here. Uh, I think Indiana uh, has got virtually no shot to make this game close. Indiana went to overtime against Akron. Maryland is the superior program. The number's a bit steep at 14, but I think that Maryland at home finds a way to win by 20 or more. Georgia at Auburn. It's actually, a lot of people don't know it. This is actually the South's oldest rivalry. Uh, and I believe Georgia has won the last six. Um, Auburn can't score. You Freeze is going to fix this Auburn offense. You've already seen flashes of it. They put up over 50, for instance, against UMass in week one. Eventually, this Auburn offense will start to fire on all cylinders because that's what Hugh Freeze does on the offensive side of the ball. It's going to happen. I like the hire. I think Auburn's in good hands. But in the meantime, uh, I think that Georgia is going to absolutely stifle this Auburn offense. I don't think there's going to be a lot of points scored. Uh, I think Georgia will win 35-14, 35-10, something in that neighborhood, cover the 14 and a half. I grant you it is a big number on the road, but ultimately I am betting that Auburn is not going to be able to move the football football very consistently against this Georgia defense. Uh, Michigan at Nebraska. I've got Nebraska, Matt Rule's team, plus 17 and a half. Now, Michigan has been very good defensively. They have not scored a lot of points on the offensive side. Uh, That makes me think that this game is not going to be some sort of wild shootout. As a result, 17.5 points on the road is a bevy of points. Remember Nebraska lost a tough game week one, opening Thursday night, if I remember, against Minnesota. That was a game that Nebraska should have lost. Then Nebraska played really well in the first half, fell apart in the second half against 
Colorado. I think Nebraska, who's won two straight games at home, starting to get their feet under them a little bit. I'm not saying they're going to win because I don't think that's going to happen. But they lose by 10, which covers the 17.5 comfortably. Missouri at Vanderbilt. Kentucky, Missouri, and Georgia are the only three undefeated teams still left in the SEC as we sit here in September. Mizzou is 4-0. That is correct. But there's their, here's their margin of victories against FBS opponents. They beat MTSU by four, Kansas State by three, Memphis by seven. All of those games were at home. Now Mizzou goes on the road at Vanderbilt. That is, a, by the way, Mizzou scheduling the first five games not particularly brutal. First four at home, getting Vanderbilt in week five. This is how you build up the idea that you're better than you are. And as a result, the odds makers have made Mizzou a 14-point favorite over Vanderbilt. I think that number is way too much. Commodores plus 14 is the play. If you want to take a side, I'd be inclined to go on the over here as well. Uh, LSU at Ole Miss. Uh, LSU at Ole Miss. Lane Kiffin and the Rebels are going to beat LSU at home. Now, I've got Ole Miss. I gave them to you on Tuesday at plus two and a half. I think Ole Miss is going to win this game outright. I think you can go a money line wager if you want. Uh, But I'm taking the Ole Miss plus the points just in case. I also kind of like the over in this one. I have not been very impressed with the LSU defense. You saw what happened uh, against Arkansas. I think Ole Miss will have a lot of success moving the football. But ultimately, I like Ole Miss plus the points. I like Ole Miss to win this one outright if you want to put it on a money line parlay. Now, This is one that I've been talking about all week that I just do not understand. South Carolina plus 12 and a half at Tennessee. This is the run in the other direction, Vegas special, where everybody and their mom, I think, is going to be on South Carolina plus these points. Because you saw what South Carolina did on the road against Georgia. They dominated for a half. Uh, South Carolina has got Spencer Rattler. Spencer Rattler, oh, by the way, what he throws? Six touchdown passes last year against Tennessee. Uh, The Vols gave up 63 points on the road in Columbia. It was a maestro-like performance from Spencer Rattler, Shane Beamer, and South Carolina. But what Vegas is saying here is, look, it's Neyland at night. It's going to be electric. This is a revenge game. Tennessee is able to run the football, and South Carolina is one of the worst teams at stopping the run. Tennessee has got some elite pass rushers, and South Carolina does not have an elite offensive line. And so what they are telling you, Vegas is, Tennessee's going to win this game in a blowout. Now, as a Vol fan, I would love to see that. I just don't see it, which is why I am taking South Carolina plus the points uh, in this one. Notre Dame at Duke. Uh, This is the game day game. Uh, I'm going to go with the Duke plus five and a half. I think Notre Dame lost as tough of a game as they possibly could uh, in the way that game against uh, Ohio State ended. And I think Duke's going to be fired up. I think you're going to see an incredible crowd, the likes of which you usually see for a basketball game. I was impressed at the turnout that Duke had for the opening week game against Clemson. I think that was a Monday night game, if I remember correctly. Uh, I think Duke wins this game outright, but I'm very comfortable taking them plus five and a half. All right, this is one also, close out here. These are 15 different picks. Get rich kids, respect the picks. Alabama at Ole Miss. Uh, Sorry, Alabama at Mississippi State. 
uh, Alabama at Ole Miss was last week. Alabama at Mississippi State uh, is, to me, a game that is a test for both programs, okay? Alabama, I don't think offensively is very good. The Tide has not been very good on the road in general uh, in recent vintage. Uh, So what I think is likely to happen here is low-scoring, competitive game going into the fourth quarter. Alabama last year did not travel very well on the road. The Tide has not gone on the road yet so far this season. you got Jalen Milrow behind an offensive line that does not block very well. you got Mississippi State with nothing to lose. Cowbells will be fired up. 15.5 is a big number, a really big number for an Alabama team that is, as of yet, unproven on the road. Remember, the Tide wasn't very good on the road last year. I am going with Mississippi State plus 15 and a half. There you have it. That is what, like 20-some-odd games, 15 college games, 29 picks for the NFL. Uh, Those are all the bets that I am placing, uh, and I am ready for football to kick off uh, come this evening. Let's start making some money. Uh, All right, one other thing that I wanted to talk about. Uh, Diane Feinstein, shifting gears obviously completely, Diane Feinstein dead at 90 years old. Rest in peace to her and condolences to the family. The pivot on the political side of this has already begun. And the reality is that Diane Feinstein, who is the longest serving woman senator in the history of the United States, her obituary would be much stronger if she had not run for re-election in the most recent uh, iteration or if she had stepped down. Uh, She had a power of attorney. She was unable, meaning her family were making uh, decisions for her. She was unable uh, to do the job of a senator. She had reached the age of 90. That is an incredible life accomplishment, but it's sad that the final couple of years of her legacy uh, is going to be remembered based on the way she finished as opposed to the work that she did during much of her tenure. Um, but the pivot now has already turned. Gavin Newsom has got to make a decision. And Newsom has already pledged the same thing that Joe Biden pledged, that he's going to appoint a black woman to fulfill the seat of Diane Feinstein. I'm sorry, uh, You can't do that. It's demeaning. It's racist. It's sexist. This is the same thing Joe Biden did when he put Ketanji Brown-Jackson on the Supreme Court. My position on this is pretty pretty easy. Um, If you are going to announce that you are picking someone based on their sex and their gender, you are undercutting the legitimacy of that person that you ultimately select because people are going to say, well, the only reason this person got the job was because of their race and gender. Um, And so that, to me, is a fundamental discredit to everything that America should stand for. Best man or woman, period, should get the job. Just like in sports, the best man or woman should win. When you give a gender and racial characterization of the criteria that you're going to insist upon before you make a hire, you are ultimately delegitimizing whomever you end up uh, picking. And by the way, that is an insult. 
And it's the exact same thing that Joe Biden did with his Supreme Court pick. Evidently, Gavin Newsom is now going to be doing with his Senate pick. Uh, We'll see how quickly that happens, but uh, that is a continuing failure of the Democrat Party to avoid being racist and sexist and avoid putting identity politics above everything else. The Democrat Party is essentially an identity politics-created party at this point in time. All that matters is your identity nothing else. All right. My identity is gambling picks winner. Hopefully we're going to get rich this weekend. 15 in uh, college, nine in the NFL. I hope all of you have fabulous weekends. This has been Outkick the Show.